Welcome to Tea, Toast, and Trivia. Thank you for listening in. I am heading over the Rocky Mountains, across the prairie provinces of Alberta, Saskatchewan, and Manitoba, to the vibrant city of Toronto, Ontario, to meet up with Risa McConaughey, blogger, artist, photographer, and established costume designer in film, television, and digital media. Risa has worked her costume designer magic on productions for Showtime, ABC, Disney, CBS, CBC, Hallmark, and more. She brings out personalities with her costume designs and adds dramatic moods to each scene by balancing texture and colors. Reese's passion for photography and outdoor ephemeral art is captured in her website, Graffiti Luxe Art and More. Today, Risa invites us to walk with her as she explores the vibrant art murals found in the alleys, side streets, and neighborhoods of Toronto. I invite you to put the kettle on and add to this exciting conversation. Welcome, Risa. I am thrilled that you joined me today. Well, I'm thrilled to be here, Rebecca. If I had some paint, I'd throw it at you. And I would catch it. And you would be a street art. (laughs) (laughs) Your first post on Graffiti Lux Art and More, published on January 12, 2013, was entitled Angel Dragon. You coined the phrase, luxuriating in the arts. How did the idea of showcasing and documenting graffiti art and murals evolve? It started in Winnipeg. My mom was dying of brain cancer and was put into a hospice. I actually moved to Winnipeg for about three months. She had a window in her room and looking out the window, I kept seeing the painting in the parking lot. One day I went out and I looked at it and I realized it was Charlie Chaplin. And I read the thing about how he had stayed at this hotel, which was totally decrepit at this point. This goes back to vaudeville days. So I took a picture of it and I submitted it to another graffiti blog. And they thought I was just talented. What kind of camera do you use? So I said, well, an iPhone. (laughs) And that was the first one. And while my mother was being ill and I was in Winnipeg, That's a very hard time for anybody. It was for me. I realized there were murals. Where she was in the center of the city was a very old place, and there were murals all over the place. I would visit her, and after, I would go and look for the murals in the neighborhood. It was a joy. It was a distraction. It was something to balance the whole thing that was going on. When my niece and I, who I just love her, I was staying with her. And we would go out in the Red Rocket, some little sports car. One day we did 17 murals. We were so into it. That's where it started with the murals. Didn't have graffiti in Winnipeg, but they were really advanced with the mural program there. And they'd been doing it for years. Some of the murals were very old that I found. 
the place that I was submitting some of them to literally closed down two months later. And I got back to Toronto and I went, well, I can start my own blog. I thought to myself, I wonder if we have art in Toronto. I started asking people, do you ever see paintings on the walls? Somebody told me about Graffiti Alley. And Graffiti Alley was pretty hardcore. That's where I found Angel Dragon, which is why it's one of my first posts. I do believe it's from my first trip to Graffiti Alley. And Graffiti Lux comes from the tags, not art. I mean, we're talking scribbling. Some of the tags have political messages. At the time, we had Rob Ford was our mayor. There's pictures of him blasting a spray gun. He's like, we're going to get rid of this graffiti. But the people who owned the buildings around Graffiti Alley came out and said, we like the graffiti. Get out of our alley. So he did. A lot of the artists wanted to do more than sign their name or something political. Like Angel Dragon, I call it writing. They called it writing. Tenso 2 called it a burner last time. I said, well, throw up a few burners here. And basically, it's their signature in different colors or whatever. And that's where I came up with Graffiti Lux. Because it is graffiti, but it was so beautiful. They took their signatures and made some art out of it. I have tons of it in my collection. There was the Nightingale by Nick Sweetman done in blue and yellow. And I forget who did the lettering. He called it lettering. It was in that style. You can't read it, really, but unless you know how to read that kind of writing. And I thought that was pretty cool, so I had to include that in the post. In my early days, there's a lot of writing. In Toronto, there were no murals. I started finding murals about a year later. My early posts are a lot of writing and the murals from Winnipeg. And that's how it all started. And I still go to Graffiti Alley to this day. Somebody did like a beautiful Adonis. There's garbage and tags and everything all around, but this pink Adonis is in the middle, and it's just beautiful. Mr. Tensotu educated me a lot. If it's just a little piece, not a mural, not a painting or something, it's called a bit. A bigger thing is called a piece. Like good piece goes up and they talk to each other, you killed that wall. Well, it means it's a great piece of art. They admire it. I love that they killed the wall. In the early days, I'd be upset. I'd actually find a nice thing, piece, bit, whatever. But then the taggers would come in more than just a scribble. They do these blobby things. I, I called them blobs. I don't know what they were. And then I met Quest one day, painting a piece. He was painting away, and he was kind enough to chat. I said, what are those things? There's a nice piece of art, and then somebody puts a blob on it. He says, you mean throw-ups? And I said to him, in my ignorance, oh, they're called throw-ups. Is that because they're so ugly they look like somebody threw up on the art? And he just looked at me like I was from Mars. Because they do look like somebody threw up on the art. <laughs> it's, it's called a throw-up. When you throw just paint, means nothing, it's a blob, it's not even like writing or signature, it's just a mess. The brats come and just destroy the art. I don't know why. Some areas of the city are really bad for that. And I know that the artists, they find somebody doing it, they try to get them on the right path. Be an artist, do an actual painting, try to educate them to it. We even had a street art school here, skateboard and street art. You could learn to skateboard and street art and get a degree. 
entice youth that might go wayward to going somewhere else. That's a better way than punishment. It's a positive thing. Your original intention then was to focus on graffiti art in Toronto and in Winnipeg, but you have expanded this to feature street art from the world. You generate comments from your readers that indicates to me that they are able to see art in a different way. You ask us to look closely at the messages that are held within the work. Could you comment on how that evolved for you? I think it's messages, it's technique. What I do, as you'll notice, I will show the work of art, whatever it is, uh, in its entirety. But I like to do sections, like close-ups of pieces of it, so you can see what I see, what makes me go like that. Really, all I ever see in other graffiti blogs or street art blogs is just a picture of the piece of art. But that's not enough. It doesn't bring you into the art. And I just thought that, wouldn't they like to see all those little dots of paint? Wouldn't they like to see that little face in there close up? It's always exciting to find a mural that has a lot of little details in it. It's very exciting for me to shoot, and I don't crop the details out. I go in and shoot them. Not all art has a message other than, look at me, I'm beautiful. Some of it does hold a message, like Nick Sweetman's piece for Ukraine, right, when that started happening. So I was very impressed with that. You have met many street and mural artists. Tell me about their passion and joy for what they create. Beauty of street art is it's out there. It's for everybody to look at. The artist didn't get paid. Now, sometimes if it's a big city-sponsored mural, they do get paid. But mostly they'll work for paint. The Street Art Toronto program, if you want to get some art done on your place, like I did on my place, I have a butterfly and three or four, four burners, I think. They're beautiful. I just applied through Street Art Toronto for the paint. You do it through the artist. They submit a drawing, this is what I want to do, and they say how much paint it's going to be. I signed the thing, so they got free paint, and I got free art. And all that art out there, it's like, that would be wrong to make money from. Sharing it is right to make money off of that kind of an endeavor that's bringing art to everybody in the street. 80% of what I find is in the alleys. The alleys are beautiful here. My alley and walking for several miles down the alley is fantastic. The artists love doing it. And they have paint parties. Some neighborhood will say, look at our alley. And they'll go, we'll paint it for you. And get the free paint. And for two or three days, they'll hang out in the alley, play music, eat pizza, whatever they want to do, and paint. It's a wonderful thing. And I've even bumped into a few paint parties. As a matter of fact, there was a really great mural out back that happened right after I came back from Winnipeg, and it was called Mammal Cabana. Wild Alberto did it, Alberto and some people who helped him. It was great, and it was there for years. One day I woke up and the taggers had come and it was destroyed. Mr. Tenso, too, is my go-to man for this kind of stuff, and I said, look what they did. They destroyed the mural. On Easter Sunday... A couple weeks later, all of a sudden, there's 10 artists out there painting art over it. And that hasn't been tagged over. That's still there. And I was out there every day. It was so cool. They have so much fun. And so did I. 
wonderful because you're hanging out with the younger generation. You're hanging out with people who have a passion for what they're doing and have fun while they're doing it. And it was great. I felt at least minimum 25 years younger. (laughs) (laughs) I did one of my art gowns. I modeled it. It was Tenisa. And it's a gown, Vera Wang wedding gown that was worth about $6,000. Threw it on to Judy, took it out there, and Tenso painted it for me. That must have been incredible. It was exciting. And I took pictures of her and with the graffiti they painted. It was wonderful. That's several years ago. Now, that was before COVID. That gown is both on my graffiti blog and on my art gowns blog. And I have pictures of Tenso painting it. It's, it's fantastic. Risa, you have immense passion and joy for what you do. Do you believe that mural art and graffiti play a vital role in our society? Absolutely. It's free art. It's out there. I mean, there's a lot of people in the world who would never go to the AGO or any art gallery. They're not motivated to do so, let alone a gallery show. Maybe if they knew some had an artist in the family, they might go to a gallery showing or something. But a lot of people just are not exposed to art. And now they are. It's in the street. You walk by it. I've been out there taking pictures of a big mural in a place where lots of people are. And not in the alley, because I'm usually alone in the alley. People are walking by. But every once in a while, somebody will notice me and I'm taking pictures. And they turn and they see this mural. And they probably walk by every day on their way from the subway to work, and they've never seen it before. Just the fact that I'm standing there taking pictures helps them see it. And maybe once their eyes are open, they'll start to see more art all around them. It's free, and it's out there. You have a special place for art that is no longer with us. In 2016, you published photos of the mural Shear, created by James Knight. In your post, you quoted Alfred Stiglitz. Art cannot be contained behind the walls of stately palaces, posh galleries, or antiquated museums. Art is not the sole domain of private collectors. This summer, Shear is no longer. The building was demolished to give way for a new building project. And yet, Sheer lives on, on your site, graffiti, luxe, art, and more. Why do you believe it is important to remember art? Because art remembers us. Think about it. All the paintings from history, this is the way it was. The milkmaid with the jug, the woman with the roses. If the artist isn't painting the times, he is painting the times. He may not be painting a message of the times, but he is leaving a message of the times. Information in real people is to look at editorial photography. In those days, I bought a lot of life magazines, old life magazines, to look at the editorials to see how people actually dressed and what it looked like. Now I'm getting rid of these slowly. It's like you turn the page and it falls apart. I do check them to see if there's something I want to photograph out of them, and I've done that a few times, so post. I found one I was going to check, and it said, Famous Artists and Their Models, and it's got an old man looking at a muscular Rodin sculpture, and he goes, that was me, I modeled for that. 
and there's a beautiful, like, it's almost like a Venus to Milo full one. And there's this old lady, like a baba, standing there going, that was me. Something like this, I think people would be interested to see. And then the magazine's like from 1960. And it's a very poignant article. So I really want to share this article before the magazine turns to dust. I think there's an honesty in art. And it remembers us for the future. By looking at art from the past, the art is remembering times and places from the past as human beings, as a people. And that's one of the reasons art's so important. Art remembers us. You are amazing. I never thought of it that way before. What would you say to anyone who wants to be an artist, who wants to learn about art? How do they go about embracing the passion that you have? Ah, well, if you want to be an artist, you must have some passion in there already. If you're a young urban person today, gee, street art is a great way to go. Get out there, meet those artists, throw your art up on the wall. I mean, painting actual art, they become artists. And a lot of the street artists over time, I've been doing it for at least 10 years, have been recognized. People go, oh, I like this person's style, I like what they're doing, and now I see that they have backers, they're having art shows, they're getting invitations. They've moved inside in a way. They're making money from their passion, finally, some money, maybe. They still go every once in a while, they go, oh, I haven't seen one of his pieces for about five years. So he still has to get out in the street and paint something. That's where they started, that's where they can build a name, and you can build a name in the streets. There's a lot of art out there, and most of it is actually in the alleys. I turned down another alley, off an alley, off a street, off a lane. You never know what you're going to find. It's a treasure hunt. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for those last words. Well, this is great. We're talking about street art. We're talking about one of the things I love in life. Thank you for joining Risa and me on Tea, Toast, and Trivia. And a very special thank you, Risa, for joining me today. You live life with compassion, hope, and bold enthusiasm. Listeners, I invite you to meet up with Risa on Graffiti Lux Art and More and her website, Art Gowns. You are only an internet click away from the world of art, adventure, glamour, and fantasy. Until next time we meet, dear friends, safe travels wherever your adventures lead you.